Thanks for checking out this podcast from SWGFL. We're here to help teachers and education professionals support children and young people in all that they do online. Just to avoid any confusion, in autumn of 2022, we branded our podcasts as Interface. This is actually one of our older episodes from before the big rebrand, so it might sound a little bit different. However, there's still the same top quality advice and expert support throughout. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Safe and Empowered podcast. I'm Jess Macbeth, a consultant with Southwest Grid, partner in the UK's Safer Internet Centre. Today, I'm talking to Hilary Phillips, a freelance consultant with YouthLink Scotland. We're going to talk about digital youth work and online safety. So welcome, everybody. And hello, Hilary. Hello, Jess. It's lovely to be here. It'd be helpful, I think, Hilary, if you could just explain a little bit about who you are and your role with YouthLink Scotland. Yes, Jess, absolutely. So I um, came in to support YouthLink Scotland um, in April. So just um, not long after lockdown had begun um, and with the very specific role of supporting them around digital youth work. So my um, background is actually much more around comms and digital in that kind of arena so I've um, done quite a lot of work in relation to content on big websites um, and moved from there into delivering training for people so it was that training experience in the digital setting that was very relevant to to um, YouthLink Scotland's needs at this time. So YouthLink and maybe just say a little bit as well about YouthLink Scotland and what their role is. Um, YouthLink have a, a kind of pivotal role in relation to young people in Scotland. They're the National Agency for Youth Work in Scotland and they kind of sit as a bit of an umbrella um, for youth organisations. So they're a membership organisation. They have um, members from all of the, the local authorities in Scotland are members and then a lot of the um, big youth organisations. So everything from um, Scouts and Girl Guiding through to um, local charities um, providing particular support for young people in um, different different areas. So um, they, they play this kind of very important role in relation to setting policy and um, supporting young people right across Scotland. So um, it's exciting to be involved in what they're doing at the moment. Fabulous. Thank you. So one area that I know that YouthLink Scotland is, is, is huge in and is kind of championing is digital youth work. But it is also something that I think a lot of people don't really know what that is. You know, what do we mean by digital youth work? So so what is it? OK, um, great question to kick us off. Um, I think for some people, maybe at the moment, the notion that they have is that digital youth work is something that is new this year. Um, and that's very definitely not the case. So at YouthLink, there's been an interest in digital youth work for probably about the last 10 years and an awareness that um, young people's lives are partly online. Young people maybe don't draw a very kind of clear distinction between their lives online and offline. Um, and therefore, if youth work is going to be successful, then youth work ought to be engaging with young people in that um, online arena and using digital tools. So I think that's one of the important things to say up front is that digital youth work encompasses online, but it's not restricted to online. So it's about how we would use um, digital resources to support our youth work. It's not a, a separate discipline. Um, it's very much youth work um, using digital. So I so, think it should be the other way yeah. around. Rather than digital youth work, it should be youth work digitally. 
So what would be what would be a good example? I'll put you on the spot. What would be a good good example of digital youth work in practice? Okay, so um, a couple of examples. One would be um, from the YMCA over in Paisley, um, and they have a long um, history now, so quite a number of years of history of um, working with young people around um, um, what you would call maker spaces. So using things like coding um, as a way of engaging with young people, um, helping them to develop the skills um, that they need um, to succeed with with digital um obviously really really useful in terms of developing employability skills um so that would be one example um so everything from that to to maybe um something a little bit of a a softer skill perhaps where um people are using digital for um things like um photography competitions or um creating um little bits of video that would be an example of using digital in youth work as well fantastic and I suppose, I mean, you mentioned right at the beginning that this is not new. This is something that, um, that's been around for a while, quite a number of years. There's been an interest in it. But presumably the pandemic has expedited digital youth work. Is that right? I mean, have things changed a lot this year? Uh, absolutely, Jess. I think we've seen a massive change um, in terms of who is interested. So um, in the course of this year, I think it would be reasonable to say that digital has digital youth work has gone from being something that maybe would be seen as a bit of a specialist interest um, involving um, some really keen enthusiastic people. Um, and the makerspace in Paisley would be a fantastic example of that again. Um, to to moving to a situation where actually doing youth work in an online setting um, has become almost normal. It's been normalised. So um, many, many people across Scotland um, and, of course, throughout the, the world in response to the pandemic have looked at how, to, how can they carry on engaging um, with young people in the situation that they were in um, and doing that online was the obvious answer. And therefore, they had to quickly tap into, well, what were the, what were the areas that they needed to look at um, to do that well? Um, and that has included what what apps and platforms would be um the the right places to to go what what should we be using um what um are the the barriers in terms of regulations and restrictions and and those might be organizational barriers um, that people have faced and then what are the safety issues in terms of making sure that what we're doing online is appropriate for the young people that we're working with your your comment there about platforms is it just it just it it raises so many questions for me because so I had I mean it, for me it was an interesting experience earlier earlier this year because obviously what we had was was kind of schools moving to online teaching and there being very clear parameters you know around about what was permissible what was technically uh, possible you know where local authority had certain controls or the glow platform or whatever um lots of safeguards around uh, connecting with young people individually around not a, a enabling kind of video conferencing from you know directly with children all kinds of stuff like that and then i kind of moved from that into uh the kind of voluntary sector space and discovered well, you know, everybody was doing everything. It was Zooming. It was using all kinds of different platforms. It was, it was using platforms with children that were underage. It was everything going on. And I was quite um, 
I was taken aback for a minute. I said, what? and then I realized, I realized what was going on here. And in my mind, I thought, you know, what's happening here is it's about risk. You know, it's about appetite for risk. That was the word that was sitting with me there as well. Um, And it's about balancing different risks, isn't it? So we have the risk of um, using a, a platform that maybe wasn't, primarily designed for working with children and young people Um, but then set against that risk we have the risk of not intervening um, and not engaging with a young person and and the the dangers and associations that come with that Um, and it's interesting even in the last day or two hearing um, leading educationalists in the in the press in Scotland talking about the impact of um, coronavirus on young people's mental health um, and therefore the importance of um, finding ways that are comfortable for young people to engage um, and um, some of the the video conferencing platforms um, were maybe given quite a a grilling early on. So Zoom would be the um, one of the big names on all of our lips for a lot of of April and since then as well. Um, But in reality, finding organizations finding ways to use whether it's it's zoom or microsoft teams or google hangouts or you know whatever a platform is appropriate has um been a really really important way to go yeah and i think you know i think we're continuing to evolve in this so like teams thank goodness has finally brought in breakout rooms (laughs) because i've been doing a lot of professional training and having to do it on teams without any method of breakout has been quite challenging. Um, but the other per- sort of personal learning for me in, in my kind of third sector work has been around doing a lot, a lot of work and understanding about what, you know, how young people engage online, uh, not just in terms of like what platforms they want to use, but what sort of psychologically what the barriers are, what what works well, things to think about, about, you know, what the impact is when you're engaging with a young person at home. And from a safeguarding perspective, things like, who else could be, you know, uh, listening in or, or watching what's happening, that kind of stuff. So there's a yes. whole, there's a whole what, load of stuff there. decisions that young person is making in terms of what they're enabling you to see about their private life. Um, where does that, if it is a video call, where does that call take place? What's in the background as well as who's in the background? I think those are very important considerations. Yeah. And helping yeah. the young person to think through um what's happening at that point to me that is a, a very important element um for any kind of whether it's youth work or um more formal um school education um helping people to think about those safety issues for themselves really important yeah i probably should meant it might be useful for me to mention if anybody's interested i did do a piece of research work where i looked at a load of platforms uh, which ones are encrypted, what the minimum age was, what the re- requirements are. So if anybody wants that, you can drop me an email. Anyway, listen, we digress. And whilst we're talking about uh, useful tools, I've been looking at your website, Digital Youth Work website. What's the what's the address? I haven't quite got it up here. Okay, so digitalyouthwork.scot um, is a project which we embarked on very rapidly um, around about May or June um, and, and got live in July. Um, and it is very much just a hub, um, a place where um, we can share resources in Scotland. So it's a, a partnership website led by YouthLink Scotland, but involving some of the other um, key 
youth work organisations in Scotland. And um, our our goal is just to gather useful resources. Um, and in time, we would love to build that site out with um, more knowledge so that it really becomes a, a knowledge base for um, anybody interested in this area. So, yeah, point you there, digitalyouthwork.scot. I'm just having a look at it. I mean, you've got loads on here, including some online safety stuff like uh, links to inclusive digital safety from Internet Matters, Digital Youth Work Summit, uh, risk management, cybersecurity and safeguarding. Wow. Online youth work webinars using TikTok and youth. You've got everything. It's well, fantastic. we haven't got everything yet, Jess, but <laughs> we're, it's a work in progress. And we're, it looks pretty um, good to me. To be heading there. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk a little bit then about uh, a little bit more about some of the barriers, Um, because we've kind of touched on these a wee bit. But I was, you know, one thing I think that's entered everybody's minds over the past few months is this idea of the digital divide. Right. Mm, So uh, there's been lots of work about rolling out devices and thinking about uh, connectivity for young people. Has that come up through through digital youth work? Um, Very definitely. Yes, Jess. And, And again, as our national body, one of the things that we are really interested in doing um, is trying to make sure that the the work that youth organisations are involved in is actually um, available to everybody. So um, the digital divide actually is quite a difficult thing to define, I think, isn't it? Because there's so many different aspects of barriers. So um, it might be um, more a, a kind of inclusion type agenda where we're thinking about um, young people with additional support needs Um, and I know some of the platforms that people have chosen to use for um, their their engagement actually are excluding or or are harder to use if you like for um, people with um, particular needs so that would be one aspect that we need to think about Um, and then there's clearly there's there's a lot of thinking going on around um, young people with limited access to devices whether that's caused by poverty or um, other reasons Um, and we know that um, something in the region of 50,000 devices have been handed out in the course of lockdown which is fantastic Um, and um, the the goal to get those into the hands of young people who need them most Um, but of course there's then a massive piece of work to do isn't there to um, try and and support and enable those young people to use those devices in ways that are um, positive and supporting helping them um, um, grow and develop um, supporting them through some of the challenges that we've been facing um, supporting them in their mental health um, supporting them in their education and supporting them in their thinking about the future so um, that's a <laughs> that's what a lot of youth workers I guess would see as being their um, their their reason for being and what they're trying to achieve every day and are you hearing much from you know youth workers or directly from young people about their experiences of lockdown and technology you know i'm always conscious that we need to, you know i need to make sure particularly in the podcast that um, you know we've got enough of the voice of young people and i probably don't to be honest we need to do some more direct work uh, with young people and, and let's hear from them but i wondered if you've got any experience of that um well we do and Jess, we are not directly involved, sort of directly connecting with young people in our role, but we do have that kind of overview um, sort of role um, and trying to connect people up um, across Scotland. So so there are some examples um, that I'm very aware of. There's a fantastic story um, from Dumfries and Galloway, um, where the Youth Work Services um, took their 
um, face-to-face offer online more or less overnight. So um, a very supportive local authority who recognised the some of the challenges around um, um, security and o- online safety and security um, and therefore had um, good system nuanced systems in place I think you would say um, that enabled youth work to continue um, to take place so um, a a youth centre physical centre had to close one day Um, the next day um, they were delivering a a music based um, event which was supposed to happen in the centre using um, Facebook um, so, t- so taking that online streaming, streaming on Facebook, and they had they had all the kind of correct permissions and and whatever in place to do that. So, I think that's a fantastic story, and I think the interesting aspect to it is that there were young people involved in making the decisions there about what platform they would use, um, and how they would present that. And I'm sure that's one of the reasons why that was successful. Um, and there is a, there's a group of young people who are um, actually um, sort of champions for digital in that area who are now um, able to inspire others, share their story um, and influence what's going on there. So that's the kind of practice that um, we get excited about um, when we see young people actually involved in the decision making, because I think that's when we see it really working. Um, and if there's one if there's sort of one key thing to share, maybe with um, the wider world of education, I think it would be that involvement of young people in helping to to choose platforms, helping to um, share the messages about internet safety, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's, I mean, again, it's, it's, it feels like it's the next frontier, doesn't it? For kind of the whole of the online safety generally is about, we need, we need young people to be telling us what, what their wants and needs are. If we're really to kind of modernize and, and provide useful support to them it's that whole thing about empowering isn't it I think Um, that's right and I think young people are often in a place where they can do that so uh, one of the challenges in the youth work sector is um, that people's background and experience the the youth workers background and experience is often not been in digital and therefore there's a kind of and this is another barrier a personal barrier in terms of skills Um, and actually where do those skills come from some of them actually come from the young people themselves so it's when we work in partnership with those young people and we listen to them and we learn from them um, that actually we put ourselves in in a a more powerful um, position so um, I I find that absolutely fascinating that it's it's not a a one way um, from the the knowledgeable youth worker to the, the 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 needy young person that's just not the way that we think and and operate at all it's much more um young people and youth workers cooperating um genuinely co- collaborating and sharing their different experiences of, of the world and i think the idea that young people actually um live they they live their lives with digital as an integral part of their experience. Um, for um, some older people, that is not the case. Okay, so it's it's not. Of course, it's not as straightforward as that. But there is there is that kind of age divide. I um, grew up before digital, um, so it's um, it's more of a challenge for me um, to actually um, cope with some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Any other challenges then for for youth workers? Is you know anything else that they have had to kind of address or overcome? Uh, yeah, I think 
this year, obviously, um, the one of the biggest challenges, I guess, is probably just the business of how do you make online engaging for young people? So there are all once we've got through all those other kind of circumstantial barriers, if you like, in terms of, you know, can we can we get online? Can we can we find apps? Can we make that safe? Um, all those sorts of things. But once we've done all of that, well, what are we there for? We're there to um, build relationships, basically. Um, and I think that it, it it's finding successful ways of doing that that really um, is is what all of the other effort is about, isn't it? So um, can we make it engaging? And I think what we have um, discovered or what people are discovering, it's not a it's not a one size fits all, is it? But what we're discovering is that we can have fun online. We can find engaging interactive activities to do with young people um, that actually um, enthuse and excite them. Um, we can create environments where young people feel safe environment safe and valued um, and we can um we can actually build relationships online i've heard a, a youth worker say um that she had come into her job um in the course of this year so she didn't know any of the young people that she was engaging with online um but actually she has been able to build meaningful relationships with them in that online environment. And I think that's really, really interesting, isn't it? Um, I've also heard people say it's much easier if you already have a relationship with a young person to take that into the online situation. Um, but um, I think that harder thing of building the relationship from scratch can actually also happen. Um, and it happens through the um, youth worker being willing to um, make an enormous effort um, to push through that, um, that that digital barrier if you like and um and it comes from a desire i think it simply comes from the desire to actually connect and when we have that desire to connect we will regardless of what the medium is yeah i mean i i'm i'm conscious of time <laughs> of course we're already 20 minutes in um so we'll need to wrap up but yeah i i've also kind of seen quite a lot of this of the the difficulties the challenges and the successes around about building relationships online and, and that there's definitely I think for younger uh younger children um or for you know for certain children that, that isn't an interest for them it, it can be really difficult to 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 build a relationship when your first you know initial contact is online that's it is pretty challenging there's so much to learn there isn't there absolutely um, it's really, really difficult for people yep anything else do you think Hilary that's useful for us to to chat about or that you would like to mention for people listening um, I think I think just to go back um, to the digital divide, I think the notion that um, every young person is entitled to um, to have the opportunities to build connections in the way um, that suits them um, and in a way that is um, supportive and encouraging to them and giving them the um, the opportunity to be involved in making decisions about that. Um, to me, these are um, really kind of key important things and it's going to be really exciting to um, take some of the learning that happened really, really quickly last year um, and um, continue to apply that. So looking at areas around how do we assess um, these relative risks um, in a meaningful way? Um, how do we um, evaluate the success of um, some of the projects that we're involved in? Um, and um, how do we 
support organisations um, across Scotland to actually share the knowledge and experience that they've gained. Um, these are some of the, the sort of big things that I'm going to be looking at in the next month or two. So quite excited to get stuck back into those in the new year. Well, we shall see what 2021 brings, right? Who knows? <laughs> could be an amazing year we'll it could be an amazing year and I think I think a key learning actually for us is that although on having to go online has been a a, a route for so many more people to actually engage um with what we would call digital youth work actually when we when we don't have that same pressure of online and what we're hearing is that many organizations have seen the value of being in that space and will continue to use it um, as part of their offer alongside um, more face-to-face delivery mm-hmm. yeah i'm sure you're right okay well look thank you so much uh hillary hillary phillips uh, from youth link scotland thank you very much uh, for pleasure, chatting Jess. today delighted <laughs> to be part of it Yeah, great. Thank you. So as always, if you have a query about an online safety issue affecting a young person, yourself or your organisation, you can contact the Professionals Online Safety Helpline at helpline at saferinternet.org.uk. And if you have a question or topic you'd like me to cover on the podcast, don't forget to drop me an email at podcast at swgfl.org.uk. Goodbye. Goodbye.